Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by Boston Hemp, Inc., Sunday, February 25th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Sunday NHL card. You can tell it's post-football season because we suddenly have ourselves a little bit more of a bigger slate than normal uh, on a uh, Sunday. And I think we're going to have even larger slates than this on Sundays moving forward as well. But we've got seven games here on this Sunday slate. So we'll get to those in just a moment. First, we'll recap what was a very busy and very entertaining Saturday uh, in the NHL. I mean, we were on the air doing the daily show, the Saturday show yesterday when the uh, Detroit Red Wings were putting a whipping on the St. Louis Blues to get the day started six to one. You could tell right from the first minute that it was not going to be a good day for the St. Louis Blues. And their first period yesterday, again, if you rewatch the first 20 minutes, Blues Red Wings, you would have seen one of the worst periods an NHL team has played, especially defensively in recent memory. That was absolutely atrocious by St. Louis, that opening 20 minutes. Obviously, they were behind the eight ball right away. They never recovered. Uh, four nothing after the first period, Red Wings roll and cruise to an easy six to one victory. Uh, in that game, Patrick Kane continues his red-hot ways uh, in that game, getting it off and running for the Red Wings with a goal in the first a minute and an easy 6-1 victory for Detroit. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, it was not easy, but they got two points they had to get against a uh, bottom-tier Montreal Canadiens team, 4-3 to three in favor of the Devils. Nico Heeshear uh, ends up giving them the lead. Jesper Bratt with a gorgeous goal, actually, to give them a little insurance. Montreal does score with the uh, extra attacker, which is good for me to cash the over there uh, in that game and uh, almost swept the board in the Detroit game. The only thing we didn't hit was both teams to score first period. So those games treated me well. New Jersey uh, with the 4-3 win against uh, Montreal. Uh, Tampa Bay with the 4-2 win against the Islanders. Um, Tampa Bay is now on, I believe, a five-game first period over streak after uh, that first period over hitch yesterday in the Islander game. Uh, So make sure you keep that in mind. And uh, look, for a team that struggled on the road, it's good to see them get a road win because they haven't had many of those this season, especially against a decent competition and another step backward for the Islanders. And you just wonder if even the coaching change, Patrick Waugh has not given them that bump that you would have thought uh, a 4-2 lightning win there. And then the final game of the afternoon slate was uh, an absolutely tremendous game. I know there was only three goals. It was two to one. It was low scoring. Rangers beat the Flyers. That game had it all, though. Uh, the chances were there. Uh, the, the pace was actually not bad. You know, there, at times it slowed down, but at times there was some really brisk, frenetic pace in that Rangers-Flyers game. It had the physicality. And, of course, Matt Rempe, the rookie that has taken the NHL world by storm. And that's essentially what he's done now at this point. I mean, this week is a magical week that we may never see again in quite some time. For a kid to break onto the scene in the NHL and make this many headlines, it's unbelievable. He gets a fight in a fight with Matt Martin of the Islanders in the stadium series in his very first shift. He gets into that incident with Bastion, thrown out of the game for it against New Jersey uh, the other night, hitting players left and right. The, the physical presence is clearly there. And then against... Uh, Philly on Saturday. I love the whole situation with Delorier. They talked before the game. Hey, you want to go? 
And sure enough, they agree. And then first uh, shift that they're on the ice at the same time, they drop the gloves. And I think initially I overreacted slightly saying it's one of the best fucking fights I've ever seen. Maybe not quite that strong, but I was just so blown away with how incredible that fight was. It's certainly a fight of the year candidate, and it's certainly on my short list for the best fight I have seen in the NHL in this century, like since 2000. Yes, There's no question about that. It is right up there. They were throwing bombs, throwing haymakers, uh, rock'em, sock'em. Nobody was leaving anything in the tank, uh, exchanging wild haymakers throughout that fight. Nick Delorier and uh, Scott Rempe, or Matt Rempe, I should say. Uh, and it was just an absolutely outstanding uh, fight, uh, start to finish. Um, and uh, look, he's given the Rangers something they kind of lacked, actually, in the playoffs. A size, physicality, toughness. I think they got pushed around at times, the Rangers. That's been the one thing you can say about them the last couple of years. Maybe they've been pushed around a little bit, but yeah. no question. Uh, it was a hell of a fight and a hell of a game. Tell you what, Flyers can't feel too bad about the way they played. They had their chances. Man, did they have their chances. Couturier misses a wide-open net with four seconds left off the post. And it stays out. Rangers survive and hang on and extend to, what, 10 wins in a row now with that uh, two-to-one win over the Flyers. And they'll go for, I believe, the franchise record today when they go to Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. But, uh, Alex, what did you think of the uh, early afternoon slate yesterday? Yeah, I mean, starting with that game, I watched pretty much the entire portion of Philly and New York. It's just a, a great contest. Once again, another game where low scoring but high event and, and, and a lot of fun to watch and, and really entertaining hockey to watch. Um, the pace did not uh, suggest that that game would end two to one by any means. They were flying up and down, especially throughout the first period, throughout uh, a good chunk of the third period. So it seemed like, you know, even when the Flyers went down with that goal, that they would have the momentum to try to tie it up. I mean, we saw a shot hit the post with about two seconds left in regulation. That would have just another quarter inch to the left. That thing bounces in the net, and we're talking about a tie game, which would have been nice for those of us who bet the draw. But uh, just a, another fun game to watch and. You know, Philly, like I said, this is a team that they got to prove their metal going in, into, uh, you know, if they're going to be a playoff team. This is not a team anybody expected to be here in this spot, even at this time right now. And hanging around against top tier teams like the Rangers. Uh, so, like I say, they can't hang their head low about that loss. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a good effort. And they keep putting together efforts like that. Tortorella's got the troops showing up every single night ready for war. But the Rangers look fantastic right now. Ten in a row. This is going to be a tough one. Here uh, against Columbus, a team that they should mop the floor with, but we've seen some issues with them uh, in that matchup at times. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But the Rangers looking really good right now and got things rolling in the right direction for them. The next week, we're going to say some prayers. We're going to keep our fingers crossed. And we're going to hope like fucking hell that when the New York Rangers play the Toronto Maple Leafs next Saturday night, that Ryan Reeves is in the lineup for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, yes. Because yep. if he is, I'd be willing to bet my my reputation on Rempe versus Reeves next Saturday night in Toronto. Uh, and what a scrap that would be. That would be the ultimate, the ultimate test for this young kid. Because Ryan Reeves has always been about as tough as they come. And, uh, and he handled himself quite well. And Delorie is right up there. So I think he'd be ready for it, honestly. And if um, if if he beats if he beats Reeves, that's got to be the end of Reeves' career, right? Like, what is what has Ryan Reeves done at all this season, essentially? Yeah, 
Yeah, like he's that, cool to be there to, to protect lately, him. But and that serve, line's but, actually been okay for Toronto. But you're right, he's there to you know show I'm up. I'm talking about him in particular. Yeah, the line's been good, and he's been playing within the role. That that that's fine. He can get 95 other guys to fit that role. Yeah. Him in particular, who's supposed to be the heavyweight champion of this league, he has not stepped up and, and held that title. I don't think he is personally. I think Deloria is, is, is holds that belt, but a lot of people want to give that to Reeves. He hasn't proven his worth in that department in quite some time, and I think. If Rempe comes in the way that he's coming in right now and beats him, it's the same thing that we – I mean, if you've watched Enforcers over the years, you've seen this changing of the guard just like anything else. You know, this is how Bob Probert kind of got in the league. He started beating up on those older guys uh, early. His, Donald Brashear made his run, name and run by by going after the top heavyweights right away. Rempe could be, obviously, different world, different time, but Rempe could be right in line to do that if he beats Reeves, if, if they do end up uh, having a tilt next week. Yeah, and if I'm Sheldon Keefe, come on, Sheldon, put him in Saturday night. You got this big kid. He's Matt Rempe's going to be in that game. He's not getting sent down anytime soon. He's been made too much of an impact. The, the dressing yeah. room already loves him. He scores the, the game-winning goal him. yesterday uh, yeah. against Philadelphia as it hits him on his way to the net. Uh, there is no question about it. He's staying up for a long time. So he'll be there in Toronto next Saturday night. It's just a question of do we get Reeves in the lineup for the Leafs. If we do, that's, that's going to happen. That'll be on the dance card next yeah. Saturday night for sure. Uh, those two, and certainly I'm looking forward. That's the first thing I thought when Hockey Night in Canada said, we're back next Saturday night, Rangers-Leafs, one of the games. I'm like, holy shit, that could be Rempe versus Reeves. I'm like, that was the first thing I thought, and uh, that would be cool. That would be epic. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I'd be looking forward to that. That'd be worth watching that game right there alone. Forget about the fact it's two, one of two of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. But the fact that, you know, that fight could happen, it would be spectacular. All right, let's get to the after uh, the nighttime games from Saturday. Washington uh, battled Florida very tough. Got it to overtime, but Florida prevails uh, 3-2 in overtime over the Capitals. Uh, how about Nick Cousins getting served as lunch by Anthony Mantha during that game? Pretty much out, anyone outside of Nick Cousins' family and friends and the Panthers fans uh, were happy to see that. Uh, public enemy and villain number one right now in the NHL. Uh, Nick Cousins, and he certainly got a little uh, beat down there at the hands of Anthony Mantha there in that game. He did turtle a little bit there, even when he was in that fight again. Uh, but uh, 3-2 Florida as they get the win against Washington. Hell of a comeback by the Vancouver Canucks, man. They were down 2 nothing. It was looking like they're on their way to their fifth straight loss. But they get two third-period goals. They tie it up with the extra attacker. Uh, and then, of course, Brock Besser. Uh, one of his two goals wins it in overtime, 3-2. Great comeback by the Canucks. Very good for me. I had the Canucks in the money line there. Great to see that. Uh, and, of course, Alex had the draw. Great to see that with the Bruins and the uh, Canucks. Disappointing with the first period over, though, falling short. Both of us really liked that. And, unfortunately, that did not come to fruition. Uh, what did come to fruition, though, for me, Leafs and Avs, another outstanding game, um, was the over trifecta. Uh, first period, both teams to score. First uh, period over, full game over with the Leafs and the Avs. Full game over was my best bet uh, on the uh, show yesterday, Toronto, Colorado. This game was just breakneck pace for 60 minutes. It was scintillating hockey. You want action? Oh, my goodness. It looked like there were several odd man rushes. There were several times when there was clear-cut one-on-one chances, shooter versus goalie. I mean, it was just outstanding. And I thought the two Russian netminders played well. They both had to face a high 
danger, uh, a high amount of high danger chances, Georgiev and Samsonov. And they both played well through it. And Toronto, a huge road win. To be down 2 nothing early in that game, come from behind and beat Colorado 4-3. Hey, you know I've we've ragged on the Leafs a lot over the years, but we have to give them their flowers right now. That's That was a, as impressive a road trip as you'll ever see uh, for them. And to win it, cap it off with a 4-3 win in Denver, a team that was 22-5 and at home going into that game last night. Outstanding. And Samsonov, a huge save on McKinnon with the right at the horn to preserve the win uh he is told to see him have just totally lose his confidence fragile mentally have to deal with the go see the mental coaches in toronto uh and and to go through all of that and come out the other side and be on this great win streak right now playing well very impressive and toronto gets the uh, job done there uh 4-3 in a great hockey game last night against colorado the ottawa senators keep rolling another win for them 4-3 in a shootout against vegas and another Loss for the Golden Knights, who continue to struggle. They were a little bit better last night, but still another loss without Eichel and Stone. It's clearly not playing well without those two guys right now, but Ottawa is. And here's Ottawa now. Don't look now. They're nine points out of the second wild card. You know, just a couple, a couple of weeks ago, they were 13, 14 points out. So, you know, is a, is they're, they're going to probably end up falling short. I still think it's too much ground to make up, but... Uh, you know, you watch them, they're probably going to continue to play well, make a huge run and probably fall like maybe what, four or five points short. That's been the habit lately for Ottawa. But right now it's hard to bet against that team. And Anton Forsberg, I think, has overtaken Jonas Corposalo for the number one uh, goaltending spot. Uh, he's been very good lately since returning from injury, and he was good last night in the win against Vegas. Uh, the Dallas Stars, 2-1 to one against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, a nice bounce back because they lost to the aforementioned Ottawa Senators. It was probably one of the worst games they've played uh, all season. They get a 2-1 to one victory against Carolina. Another great goaltending matchup here. Ottinger was great. Uh, Kochekov, uh, even in the losing effort, nothing wrong with his performance. And uh, Dallas with the 2-1 to one win. Wyatt Johnston uh, getting the game-winning goal. Uh, and a nice win on the road for the uh, Dallas Stars, two to one after what had been a frustrating road trip. You know, Boston, they were better, but they lose in a shootout. Rangers, they were definitely the better team, but Shesterkin had a masterpiece in that uh, and stole the two points. And then the Ottawa game, they just flat out didn't play well. But to rally and get the two to one win against uh, Carolina on the road, a Hurricanes team that's been playing pretty well. Um, so when we look at it, uh, certainly it's a situation where uh, this uh, Dallas team responded the way we hoped, and they get a nice two-to-one road win against, a, like I said, a Hurricanes team that's been playing very well. Speaking of playing very well, this one was uh, unbelievably impressive. The Minnesota Wild, man, against Edmonton on Friday night, you know, that was a good win. And I'm like, okay, though, you're going to Seattle. It's a back-to-back, tough spot, big win. Uh, Seattle's rested and playing uh, at home now for several days. And yeah, Seattle jumped on them early, but after that, Seattle got into penalty trouble and you can't get into penalty trouble right now against Minnesota. Minnesota's power play, it just, well, other than the Edmonton game when I wanted them to score and they didn't, but other than that, you know, their power play has been very good uh, lately. It was very good last night. The five on three that they capitalized on completely turned the tide of that game when they went up two to one in the first period. And then it kind of deflated Seattle. They weren't the same team after that. Uh, and Minnesota just ran away with it in a back-to-back spot on the road. Just extremely impressive. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury solid in that. Matt Boldy's one of the you know red-hot uh, offensive players in the league right now. He, he's hard to stop at the moment. He had another great night for the uh, uh, Minnesota Wild. Kaprizov had a couple of goals. 
Uh, Zuccarello, what did he have? Three points, four points last night for Matt Zuccarello. So, and all three of those guys have been really good lately. And let's not forget that the uh, what the likes of Joel Erickson Eck have contributed, although. That's the big unfortunate news. It's the only blemish on the night for Minnesota, an injury to Joel Eriksson-Eck uh, last night. We'll have to see how serious it is, but uh, it was a great win. And don't look now. Here's Minnesota just on the edge of the wild card, only a couple points back. So uh, great job by them. 5-2 win against uh, Seattle last night. Like I said, I was not expecting that on a back-to-back against a rested Seattle team. Maybe beat Seattle, but 5-2 and just roll them like that. Very, very impressive. Uh, by Minnesota. And like I said, they're right back in the mix now as far as the uh, wild card in the West is concerned. Very workmanlike effort from the Nashville Predators, 4-2 against San Jose. Our team total cashes thanks to some empty net magic for the Predators as they get a 4-2 win against uh, the Sharks. Uh, We saw L.A. not easy against the Anaheim Ducks, and it's a rivalry. doesn't matter. You throw the records out. It's usually going to be a competitive game, and it was again last night. And uh, John Gibson was spectacular. He's the reason they got a point. Uh, Anaheim in that game, but the LA Kings do uh, prevail in a shootout 3-2 against the uh, Anaheim Ducks as they continue to make their playoff push and continue to play for the most part, other than a couple of games here and there. The the record's been pretty solid under Jim Hiller so far for this uh, LA Kings team. And then we had the Battle of Alberta, 6-3 Calgary, just a wretched start to the game for Edmonton. It took Edmonton like almost the full first period, Alex, to remember this is the fucking Battle of Alberta. We better screw in emotionally here. From Edmonton early in that game, it's like they were going through the motions, like it was an exhibition game in September. It was absolutely. If I'm an Oiler fan, I am so pissed that my team started that way. Absolutely abysmal. They dug themselves a hole, and it was too much to get out of it. Skinner was not great again, but the defensive play was terrible. Five on five, Calgary dominated the game. Our guy Addison in the chat mentions it. Anything is possible. Martin Pospisil scores a goal again for Calgary. Uh, it was And it was a very cantankerous game. A lot of scrums after the whistle. A lot of physical play uh, from both teams. Uh, Edmonton started to get a little frustrated at the end of the game. You know, after just a, a horrible game by their standards. Six to three loss to Calgary. Uh, and of course, who had Blake Coleman versus Matthias Janmark on your fight card uh, last night in that game as well? That was the surprise. But sometimes that's what you get in a heated rivalry. You get two uh, unexpected combatants even willing to drop the gloves. And uh, Yanmark and Yanmark and Coleman was a really good fight, too. You know, uh, that would have been fight of the day if not for Rempe versus Delorier uh, earlier in the day. But that was a good scrap there for two guys that don't do it all the time. So uh, 6-3 Calgary. And look, the concerns continue for Edmonton right now. You know, when they don't score on the power play, their 5-on-5 five five offense has slowed down. They haven't had controlled the flow at 5-on-5 five five for a few games now. Uh, defensively, the, again, the regression has hit them like a freight train. And then all of a sudden they're giving up goals in bunches again, and Skinner's looking human again. So Edmonton's got issues right now, and they got to fix them in a hurry. Alex, uh, Saturday night, what were your thoughts? Yeah, well, talk about that uh, Minnesota Seattle game. That was an impressive win for the Wild, and, and the biggest thing for yeah. for me watching that the takeaway was late in the third period. You know, Seattle scores a goal, make it five two. They have a power play going. Seemed like the momentum could have turned, and. It had this been two, three months ago, that's a spot where Seattle probably comes back and ties that game up and somehow sends it to overtime 5-5. But the Wild were able to weather the storm, uh, I said, continue to draw penalties. They end up, uh, Seattle basically ended up shooting themselves in the foot, taking a, a four-minute high stick penalty, uh, cutting Marcus Johansson in the face. He had to leave for a second. But that uh, gave that two-minute penalty to four minutes, and that pretty much took all the air out of the sails. So 
seeing Minnesota hold on to a lead like that on the road, second night of back to back, where a few months ago that would have been a game where they easily all you know, find themselves in trouble blowing that lead or, or at least making that game way more uncomfortable for themselves. So that's a good spot for them, a good win for them. And they've got some positive momentum in that wild card race where Seattle, that's a bad loss to take, especially having that loss in regulation, not even coming away with a single point though. So Seattle's really got uh, their, their backs against the wall. Now losing a game like that to somebody who is right there neck and neck in your wild card race. Um, you talked about the Toronto and Colorado game. That game is just absolutely uh, lights out as expected. And, you know, two teams that, uh, you know, two of the best in the league right now. And Toronto's the team that looks like, hey, we got to take them a little bit more seriously now. Now, obviously, it's still regular season, right? We can't keep getting fooled by all regular season Toronto Maple Leafs. I know. it's, But, but they're, they're, they're putting together a more impressive resume. This is the yeah. most impressed I've been from the Toronto Maple Leafs in a very long time. I'll say that. Yeah. Because we've seen them. When's the last win. time they've won seven in a row? I heard it was like 20 years ago, 25 right. years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we've seen Matthews play well, Marner play well. We've seen these guys win games and, and win big games during the regular season. But like I said, I've always just kind of looked at it as well. They're still the Maple Leafs. Okay. We know what they're going to do when, when it matters. Okay. They're going to choke. Now it just seems like, all right, well, they got some real positive momentum going and some, and, and they trust, they feel like they trust themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's the And at this, least this, this year the monkey off the back of one playoff series win is yeah. off their minds now. At least they won a, a series finally last year. And that's the thing. They can kind of readjust their mindset once they get into the playoffs, right? They don't have the pressure, well, we gotta get out of this round. It's let's do what we need to do to win a championship. You know, everybody talks about the cup drought, but they've never been able to even look at trying to deal with the cup drought. They're trying to deal with just winning a fucking round in the playoffs. Now you can be like every, you know, the 15 other teams in the playoffs and, and go ahead with about your business and, and try and win, a, uh, at least win an Eastern conference title, if not a Stanley cup title. So I, I think yeah, things are a lot more relaxed within themselves. And as they continue to win late into the season, now they can kind of carry that confidence over and say, Hey, listen, we don't have that pressure uh, of what we had in previous playoffs. And we've been playing very well leading into the playoffs where think about some other years we've seen this team play, you know, red hot early and then they fizzle out a little bit late and then try to get themselves back up for the playoffs. And it doesn't work. Not only works for teams that have playoff experience, which this team does have now, despite it's been negative playoff experience, but they have it. It's built up. So the Leafs are in much better shape, I think, than a lot of people would say. Certainly better shape than what I would think a month and a half ago. You know, if you ask me who, who could come out of the East, I can legitimately say, yeah, Toronto is one of those teams you have to give a look to. I would agree. I mean, right now, like, the, the, this is not an East where there's a clear-cut dominant team right now, other than maybe Florida. Florida, I could actually, you know, I think I've got to give them the little edge over everyone else. But look at everyone else has got some kind of some kind of flaws right now. Boston's got flaws. Um, you know, even the Rangers have flaws because John Massey mentioned with the Rangers, like their their stats are pointing that regression is going to hit them at some point. You know, Carolina, they they got enough offense, you know, consistently night in and night out. That would be their flaw in the East. There's flaws galore on everyone else. You right. know, Tampa and you go on down the list uh, uh, of, of who else might make the playoffs uh, for sure. So, you know, that's why if you're the Leafs, there's a pathway to get through the East because the East, there's a flaw in everyone. I think there's as, as close to a complete team right now as Florida, but everyone else got a flaw somewhere. Yeah, I absolutely no agree. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's how you can navigate it. And right now, the pathway for Toronto, like I said, to be able to navigate this, they need the goaltending, and they're getting that from, from Samsonov. 
the offense is in spades. That's the biggest thing. They have to try to keep that offense bottled up and bring bring some regular season offenses to the playoffs, which a lot of teams don't do. A lot of teams struggle to do that. But that's really going to be their key if they want to get deep into the post. Yeah, no question. And that's going to be something that uh, that's going to, what will they do on the blue line? Will they upgrade? Will they make right. you know an addition in the blue on the blue line? I know Tree Living wants to. It's just a question of. Can he find the deal he wants? Can he find the defenseman that he wants? That's going to end up being the uh, question. All right, let's get into Sunday. It is Hockey Day in America, by the way. Uh, and uh, TNT is uh, acknowledging it uh, today, and they are on the air with a doubleheader, and it starts at the top of the hour, 1 p.m. Eastern time. In fact, I'm watching their pregame show uh, right now, which is already on the air. And Tony Granato is going to be on here in the pregame, which is just a great, oh, great yeah. thing. I mean, we know he's dealing with the uh, cancer battle. And we wish him well. It's going to be great yeah. to see him part of the TNT coverage here for uh, Hockey Day in America today. First of the TNT doubleheader, Tampa Bay, New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey Devils minus 140 home favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total uh, here in this game. I mean, there's a lot to like here. I mean, when you look at it, God, let's give Tampa credit. They finally had a nice, solid game and win on the road, something that has not been a consistent for them. 13-17, and 17, the road record this year for Tampa, but they beat the Islanders 4-2. Montreal, or New Jersey, rather, snaps their two-game losing streak to the Capitals and the Rangers, beating uh, Montreal 4-3. Uh, yesterday we'll see how this one uh, plays out uh, in this one but you know for me this is uh, rather than a side I mean I I kind of lean Jersey but the price has crawled up a little bit to minus 140 uh, and I and Jonas Johansson in that no thank you uh, I simply do not trust him right now simple as that New Jersey though very interesting that you know Nico Nico Dawes has played a lot uh, Vitek Vanacek of course uh, has been backing him up but he's on IR uh, but with him on IR and this being a back-to-back, we're going back to Mr. Schmidt, who we have not seen in quite some time for uh, New Jersey. Akira Schmidt, who's not played since December 21st uh, against Edmonton, recalled from Utica yesterday. Uh, and his numbers prior to his uh, demotion to the AHL, 3.25 goals against 893 save percentage. So it hasn't been great for him. Johansson. Uh, who's going to be a net here for the uh, Lightning. 3.54 goals against 8.66 save percentage. Uh, last time we saw him, he got pulled and yanked in that 9-2. Or actually, no, he replaced uh, Vasilevsky, I should say. He came in and he still gave up three goals on eight shots in that 9-2 loss. He gave up six to the Islanders uh, before that. Three to Montreal, four to Nashville. Uh, it's been a rough stretch here for Jonas Johansson. Um, it seems obvious and sometimes the obvious doesn't always come through, and the obvious doesn't always win. But this is over trifecta city for me, uh, hands down, all the way uh, here with Lightning and Devils. And, uh, you know, now that we've adopted this philosophy here, the over trifecta, it's been paying off. There's more of them have been cashing than not. We had two of them last night. Battle of Alberta, over trifecta cashed, all three legs of it. Toronto, Colorado, over trifecta cashed, all three legs of it. And what those three legs are, of course, are first period over, both teams to score first period and full game over six and a half. And that's what I'm rolling with here. That's what I like. I think uh, you've got just question marks galore with the net minders. Schmidt hasn't played in the NHL for almost two months and he wasn't good earlier in the season when he was playing for the devils. And we know Johansson has struggled mightily uh, in recent uh, games uh, in net himself. Um, I think we see goals here early uh, and often maybe sprinkle on the devils, but I also might wait for a live 
price that's a little bit better than the one uh, that we see right now at minus 140. I definitely don't want Tampa with Johansson on the road. No way. It's devils or nothing. I'm just, I don't love minus 140 though. I don't love that price necessarily. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? The first of a Sunday afternoon matinee TNT doubleheader here on Hockey Day in America, Tampa Bay, New Jersey. Yeah, just actually making sure I got my bet in first period, both teams to score plus 145. But I also will be on first period over. I'm going to get that kind of do the same thing like I did with uh, with Florida, Washington and uh, Calgary. Edmonton couldn't get it quite as quick, but uh, looking for a first period over and full game overs just at cheaper prices in game. So only waiting one to two minutes. We're not waiting for the, for the number to move. We're not waiting for plus money. We're just waiting for cheaper prices on one and a half and six and a half. Uh, this would be seven. Straight game, last game, seven straight uh, day games where the over has cashed in the first period with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that's a trend to definitely ride on uh, here in the second half. I think they got about maybe five or six more day games uh, the rest of the way. So something to, to kind of circle and note. And with Johansson and Schmidt, this is a, a battle of bombs and that. So we should see goals score. Uh, I agree. And I like Pilat against his old team. Makes a lot of sense. He sheer is on fire. Uh, to Foley's starting to ramp up. Uh, I, I would hone in mostly on those three for the uh, Devils as far as props. Palat, Ishier, Tafoli, uh, for sure, on their side of the equation. Uh, no question about that. Uh, on Tampa Bay, we saw Nick Paul. We mentioned, we've mentioned we mentioned Nick Paul a lot. He could, contributed yesterday. I do want to mention, we've got Hagel, Point, Kucherov, AC Mont's on the second line with Sorelli, and look who's been moved up there, Mitchell Chafee is up on that second line today for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And he scored against Ottawa six days ago. Uh, and in the last two games, he had two shots against Washington. It was pretty quiet yesterday, but a little bump to the second line for Mitchell Chafee. You know, why not sprinkle a little bit? And he's actually been noticeable. I like his game. He's been going to the net. You know, he's been noticeable. He's been getting in on the forecheck uh, in the offensive zone for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, I think that's not a bad little uh, bargain bin option there to get uh, Mitchell Chafee maybe to find the uh, back of the net here this afternoon for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm just going to uh, double check, see what the price is on him in particular. Uh, but it would be probably a very good price. Yeah, plus 650 at FanDuel. That is definitely um, that is definitely worth a sprinkle or two, Just even just a couple of bucks for a guy that you know is going to be on the second line this afternoon for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, the second game this afternoon, which is uh, the second part of the uh, TNT uh, Sunday doubleheader, Keystone State rivalry renewed, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins. We've got uh, Pittsburgh minus 170, home favorites, uh, six the total, shaded to the under. If you think, yeah, let's fade Philadelphia here back-to-back games, it's totally baked into this number. There is no question about that. You can't bet this. You can't bet Pittsburgh here at this price solely on the uh, on the thought process of, well, I want to bet against Philadelphia on a back-to-back. It's, it's totally uh, baked into this number and baked into this price. There's no question about that. So, you know, don't think you're getting a bargain here on uh, the Penguins with the Flyers on the back-to-back here uh, with these two teams. Now, Pittsburgh did beat Philly last time they played in Philadelphia. It was a 4-1 Penguins victory. Uh, But prior to that, you know, earlier this season, they played each other back-to-back in December. Philly swept those two games. They won here in Pittsburgh 4-3 in a shootout. Uh, They beat Phil. uh, They also won at home 2-1 in overtime against uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But, you know, I get it. It's a back-to-back spot for the uh, Flyers, no doubt. It's not easy. But it wasn't easy for Minnesota on paper last night either, was it? And they still got the job done uh, and beat Seattle. 
comfortably, handily uh, in that game. And I find lately in the NHL, back-to-back spots haven't been that auto bet against that they've been in the past. They really have not. You know, you're talking about, you know, teams that have really played well, you know, in these back-to-back situations. Um, And Minnesota was a perfect example of that last night against uh, Seattle. Now, am I worried about the fact that we're going to see the former King, uh, Cal Peterson, uh, in net this afternoon for the uh, Flyers on the back-to-back? Yeah. I mean, he's not someone that we uh, automatically think of as this great goaltender. But before we totally crucify him, let's look at what he's done. He gave up two goals against the Kings in his first start, his old team. He was ramped up for that game, surely. He played well. Uh, Boston, uh, or sorry, Seattle, his last start, February the 10th, uh, against the Kraken, gave up two goals and a 3-2 victory for the Flyers in that game. He was solid. You know, that's two starts he's made this year. He's He's been solid in both of them. He hasn't been horrible, you know, and that's what we're asking from him here. Just be solid, just be sound. Uh, Pittsburgh, obviously, is trying to get momentum going. You know, they beat Montreal. They're trying to get on a win streak. They have to get on a win streak if they have any chance of getting back into this playoff race. So they should be ready for this. But you look at their track record of trying to win two in a row uh, for the last month or two. It's not been pretty, you know, for this uh, Penguins team. So we'll see if if, uh, Konechny comes back as well. Uh, He didn't play yesterday, and you could tell they missed him. You know, some of those chances that they missed yesterday against the Rangers, you had to think to yourself, well, Konechny's in the lineup. Maybe Potts one of those chances that the Flyers were not able to finish yesterday in that loss to the Rangers. But upper body injury, it's not a major injury. Uh, There is a chance he returns here. I haven't locked in anything yet uh, on this game, but I'm telling you what, I'm definitely leaning dog and draw split in this game. There's no doubt. Uh, There is no way I am endorsing Pittsburgh in this price range at minus 170. Okay, they beat Montreal 4-1 the other night. Yeah, Philadelphia is a few notches up above Montreal. So let's see them do it here this afternoon in this game. Uh, Right now, the lean is dog and draw split. Haven't locked in anything. Going to wait to see if Konechny plays. Going to wait to see who the goaltenders are. But if I'm playing it here... Dog and draw, Flyers and draw split for me. Alex, what do you think here? Flyers, Penguins. Yeah, only thing I have here is the draw. There's no way I can, like I said, lay 170 with this Penguins team right now. And I don't trust the, uh, taking Flyers on the second of a back-to-back in, in the spot. It's not on a complete auto-fade, but it's not something that you want to just run the back on, especially in a rivalry game. It's the two teams that need points. Uh, obviously, you know, you got Pittsburgh just trying to get in via the wild card, Philly trying to hang on to one of those uh, spots in, in, in that Metro to avoid getting into that kind of uh, dog pile at the bottom. So this definitely feels like a draw season candidate, and I will be on the draw. I already have it, actually. Uh, grab that at plus 325 over at Online this morning. Yeah, I mean, for me, price play, and like that back-to-back spots, the teams are coming through in the back-to-back more than I've seen in recent memory you know, uh, across the board in the NHL. So make sure you keep that in mind. Again, we don't have the goalies confirmed yet, but we are thinking uh, Jari and Peterson. By the way, the rumors are and the rumblings are really heating up that a trade is coming up sooner rather than later for Jake Gensel. It's just a question of where is he going to end up going uh, prior to the trade deadline. So uh, there's a lot of suitors, a lot of I've heard Golden Knights. I've heard Hurricanes. I've heard, you know, there's a lot of teams Vancouver. that are in the mix right now for uh, Jake Canucks even, I think, have been yeah, knocking on the door of Jake mm-hmm. Gensel uh, as well. So uh, definitely keep an eye on this. He will be moved, I'm sure, by March 8th, uh, next Friday. Just a question of where he goes. I know we were chatting about in our, our, our DM yesterday, but it, the trade that makes the most sense to me of, of, of any trade you can make during now in the, in the deadline would be Elias Pettersson 
straight up for for Gensel. Yeah, that trade makes a lot of sense. That now and in the long term, Pedersen's a guy who has struggled mightily, despite having some you know flashes of brilliance offensively. But he doesn't fit that target system. He's not a two way guy. He's not. This is not his style of game. He needs to be somewhere where he can be more open and creative offensively and not have to worry about being a you know middling defensive player. On the flip side, Gensel adds a ton of extra punch uh, to an already lethal offense with Vancouver. I think those are two teams that really should be looking at one another. And like I said, it's hard. You don't see that many straight up trades. You know, I see draft picks and prospects thrown in, but that, that deal one for one makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Drew O'Connor, <laughs> Drew O'Connor is not a bad player prop Myron. Uh, I think he scored just recently yet last game or the game before for Pittsburgh. So I don't mind to look there. Oh, someone way back when asked about Crosby's shots on goal in the chat. I, uh, Hayden, uh, Hayden, uh, uh, asked on the uh, chat about Crosby shots on goal, whether he gets to four, I believe. Um, well, he had two in the first game against Philly. He had four in the second game against Philly, and he had six in the third game against Philly this year. But in his recent form, he's only hit four shots on goal once in the last six games, and that was against the Islanders. He had seven shots on goal. The other recent games, he had one, three, three, two, and two. So, whether he gets to four is a little dicey, but he has gotten to four shots on goal, two of the three head-to-head meetings this year uh, against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. So um, keep that in mind if you're betting uh, Sidney Crosby's shots on goal here for the uh, Penguins and the Flyers. He's always worth a look for a goal prop because this is the guy that's carried any success the Penguins have had this year. Crosby has had a terrific year. You, if, if they fall short of the playoffs, it's not on him. Uh, he's obviously been uh, terrific for them, no question. All right, next up, we've got the uh, New York Rangers taking on the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. We've got the Rangers minus 180 uh, road favorites, uh, six and a half the total uh, here in this game. Uh, this is an interesting matchup here because we've got the Rangers in a look, this is a team you should beat, but it's a little bit of a tricky spot here. You're off multiple huge divisional wars against uh, teams with a history. Uh, that you have against them, the Devils, uh, the the Flyers. Even think back to the Stars on uh, Monday night, you know, a good team from the Western Conference. Go back even further, the Stadium Series on Sunday afternoon, that incredible game with the Islanders last weekend. This has been quite the gauntlet here, Alex, for the Rangers. You know, Islanders, Stars, Devils, Flyers, and now back-to-back going on the road against Columbus here. This is a little dubious here for the Rangers as they try to make it 11 straight wins here against the Blue Jackets. Can the Blue Jackets take advantage of a situational advantage in their favor? That's the question. That's the million-dollar question because they're not always a team that does that. Uh, they lost 2-1 to Buffalo first game after that four-game road trip uh, on Friday night. Looks like as far as this matchup goes, uh, we are going to see uh, Elvis Merzlikens back in net for Columbus. Uh, Jonathan Quick on the back-to-back, almost assuredly uh, the starting goaltender tonight for the Rangers. Fantilli, Tessier. Lion A uh, all remain out for the um, Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll see how this one plays out. This is another one where, look, if this it, we're almost at the point with Matt Rempe where we're almost concerned and focused on he might he might fight in most games moving forward. As long as there's a legitimate heavyweight on the other side, and there is for Columbus and Matthew Olivier. So keep an eye on this year. We might have a little Olivier versus Rempe battle uh, here in this game tonight with the uh, Rangers and the Blue Jackets. Not saying for sure we will, but definitely potential for that uh this is just a, this is an interesting game uh, the columbus has had a history of really giving the rangers a tough game 
you know, when you look at it, uh, the last two meetings earlier this year, Columbus won at home five to three. Rangers won in a shootout four to three uh, at Madison Square Garden in November. Uh, both of those games end up going uh, over the total uh, here in this one. John Massey, the Rangers fan, he, he's liking, he thinks the Jackets, especially early in this game, you know, maybe pouncing on the uh, New York Rangers a little bit. Um, you know, I don't hate that as a situational look. I like both teams to score in the first period for sure uh, in this game. I, I definitely think that's a good p- potential look here in this game is uh, both teams to score uh, in the uh, first period. I honestly do have a, a – this isn't a smallish over trifecta, I should say, because I, I am on over six and a half, over one and a half first period and both teams to score just simply because we saw you know eight goals and seven in the first two meetings this year. Quick and net is finally, I think, started to you know regress slightly. He's still been pretty solid, but we did see him give up four to Montreal the last time he started in, in a game for the uh, New York Rangers. Um, and I do think, you know, after a hard-fought, tough, defensive-minded you know, battle yesterday with the Flyers, maybe a little wide open, more hockey. And plus with Columbus, that 2-1 game against Buffalo. They don't play many 2-1 games consecutively. You know, it's not like they play low-scoring hockey two games in a row very often. You go back and look, you know, they played one nothing with St. Louis. The next game ended up being six goals. So you know what I mean? It's not something you expect to become a pattern. So I will jump in with both teams to score over one and a half first period and full game over and might sprinkle on the draw here in this game as well. It may not be an easy one for the Rangers here, just based on you had four gauntlets, Islanders, Stars, Devils, flyers and now you've got this game on a back-to-back spot here may not be easy uh so i'm gonna go draw i don't know if i trust columbus enough to win but i think the draw could be in play here alex rangers blue jackets yeah i have a little bit of draw in pocket but that's not my favorite play out of here i like the first period over quite a bit and you've seen a run of eight and one the last nine meetings uh to the first period over between these two clubs also like both teams to score in the first period uh so this is a you know jacket team that has kind of played the rangers tough and this would be the kind of game where the Rangers come in feeling good about the 10-game winning streak and could maybe kind of, you know, lay an egg and, you know, take Columbus for granted and all of a sudden find themselves down 2-1 to one early uh, in the contest. But, you know, when you look also at the same time, these head-to-heads, they have been able to, you know, get some victories, you know, four out of five. So with the record on the line, I'm a little dicey on the side. I would probably wait and try to look for something in-game. Maybe we see the Rangers kind of hold tough early. But Columbus is still kind of giving some pushback. We can still grab uh, a bit of a plus, a plus price. Or you see the Rangers just jump out to a 2 nothing lead. We get our first period, and then uh, you know, they may coast and, and set that record. So I want to see how things look the first few minutes. So first period over, first period both teams to store, score pregame, also a little bit on the draw pregame. But I'll probably have a, a larger opinion and do something in-game with this contest. Yeah, I'm just about ready to give up on the the uh, VC prop on the first line because he's been on that first line for games and <laughs> not a huge impact at all. They need someone else that can do more than what he's bringing right now with Zibanejad and Kreider on that top line. I think you ride the hot hand in Alexi Lafreniere right now. Another solid game yesterday for him against Philadelphia. You know, on the Columbus Blue Jackets side, I would go Shinikov, Voronkov. Uh, they're live. They've been good. They've been consistent, you know, offensively for this team. Uh, they do have a new player in the lineup, by the way, uh, Alex Nylander, and it looks like he is going to make his Blue Jackets debut uh, here tonight against the uh, Rangers. This is a guy they got in a trade with Pittsburgh. They sent Emil Bemstrom the other way to the Penguins. So uh, if you buy into the guy making his debut with a new team, there's a chance to make an impact. Uh, you could uh, take a shot there, Alexander Nylander. He's the poor man's Nylander. 
uh, he pales in comparison to William, and uh, that's uh, stating the obvious. Yeah, he's not even as good as his dad. Like, no, yeah, he, yeah. He, yeah, I wouldn't be betting on Alex Nylander to score in this league. In the <laughs> AHL, absolutely. In the yeah. NHL, not so much. And we got to mention it, too. Uh, you know, the Columbus Blue Jacks, they do have a pretty good, uh, you know, PR department. They're kind of in-game stuff. It would be great if they were to have a little fun and maybe do a little quick would it be probably only be 10 second video uh, a tribute to Jonathan Quick, who did <laughs> was a member of the Jackets for about maybe 16 and a half hours. I think everybody kind of joking about that in the chat, but that might be something funny. We could see that pop up from Columbus. They're the kind of team to do some kind of funny things like that. Yeah, no question about that. It, it would be one of those teams that probably would. Uh, Toronto certainly would. This was no. if this was Jonathan Quick with the Leafs for a hot second, and he went back to Toronto. They'd absolutely do a tribute video. They did one for Pierre freaking Engvall for crying out loud. Yeah, uh, just recently when the Islanders played there. So yeah, Toronto definitely would play one. Will we see one from Columbus? Uh, that's the uh, big question. All right, we got the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Buffalo Sabers now next up in Buffalo, uh, Carolina minus a one thirty-five road favorite, six the total in this game. I am awfully tempted here to take Carolina. You know, awful loss to Dallas last night. They're the much better team, and this price just seems a little short here. You know, on this Carolina Hurricanes team, it does. I mean, only minus 135 uh, on the road here against a Buffalo team that, yes, they won back-to-back games on the dad's trip. Dad's trip's history now. It's over. Dads have gone back home. You know, you, you can pretend you, you can pretend you can stop pretending you care. You can stop pretending, you know, you can you, you want to win every single night. Uh, if you're Buffalo now, you can go back to being the mediocre bunch you've been all season long. And it looks like tonight, obviously, with this being back-to-back, we saw Kochekov uh, last night. We're probably going to see Spencer Martin here tonight for uh, Carolina, who's been getting uh, a lot more uh, starts lately. Uh, Uko Pekalukanen confirmed once again for Buffalo uh, to be in that. Look, he's been solid. Since being with the um, Carolina Hurricanes, Spencer Martin's undefeated, and he's beaten Boston and Vegas in two of his starts. And the other one was Chicago, where they won six to three. You know, Carolina and Spencer Martin's three and zero as a starter. This team's off a loss. I get it. Buffalo's slightly more rested. They played Friday night. It is back to back with some travel for Carolina. This is a very cheap price on a Hurricanes team that you like to back those best better teams in the league off a loss. Of course you do. So this is Carolina or pass for me uh, in this game at minus one thirty five, and I'll probably get in there with a Hurricanes bet. And I'm not scared to back Martin right now. Remember. Spencer Martin doesn't have Columbus defense in front of him. Vancouver defense when Vancouver sucked back when he played for them. Remember, they couldn't they couldn't stop anybody defensively, Vancouver, when Spencer Martin was there. That was before Tockett got there and he cleaned things up. Uh, this is a blue line that is, to me, a top three or top five blue line in the NHL, Carolina. And he's going to have more success simply because of that. Now he's got a better team playing in front of him, a more adept team to keep the puck out of the net. Uh, in front of them. So, yeah, Carolina for me, minus 135 uh, in this one would be the look. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Hurricanes, Sabres. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Though. I, I, I'm taking Carolina on the money line. I'm not even going to fool around with regulation because this could be a tight contest. We know how Carolina likes to play. Uh, so laying the dollar 35 there, and I'm also laying a dollar 25 on the first period over. We've seen a strong trend here, eight and two the last 10 meetings to the first period over. And like with Martin and Nett, He's someone you can trust, but he doesn't necessarily need to be a brick wall right away. He could give up a goal here. Uko Pekalukanen's played better. He's getting in the form. I think he's going to be more than likely the the backup uh, or at least 1A, 1B choice moving forward for Buffalo when, when you know Levi's fully ready. 
you know, heading into next season. But that being said, he's, you know, shown some uh, some holes in his game at times as well. So first period over. Don't like both teams to score as much in this spot. I just like first period over. And I'm also rolling with the Canes uh, on the money line. Yeah, yeah. This one, actually, believe it or not, this is my Ian leans under, so it goes over game. I mean, I, right now, Carolina's, from a, from a total standpoint with Carolina, they are an absolute under force right now. Uh, they have gone to the under, it looks like four, five, six and one to the under in their last seven games. Their defensive play has been clinical. And if anything, after losing to Dallas 2 1, they're going to want to play good defensive hockey tonight once again. And let's give, you know, we got to give even Buffalo some credit at the defensive end. They have held their last two opponents to two goals or less, three of their last four opponents to two goals or less. Um, so, and Lukanen's been pretty good, actually. You know, these last few starts, we've seen him in net. So, yeah, I mean, this is the one where the under did kind of make some sense to me with uh, Carolina and Buffalo. Head-to-head, I'm trying to see what the totals have done, uh, but I think we've seen more unders head-to-head. And actually, you know what? We've seen four, a bit four of Four and split. two last six to the full game. Four over. and two over last six, yeah. Four and two over last six. Now, the games in Buffalo have had six, six, and seven. Um, so there he is. So they, those games have been a little bit higher scoring. Games in Carolina, too, but the last, last year when they played – uh, or actually, I should say, earlier this season, we saw an under, one under, one over. So, yeah, that, that total is just a stay off, stay off for me. Yeah, 10-2-2 ten, ten, the last 14 meetings to the over. That's pretty game. strong. That is. And you are talking about Spencer Martin, who can you know implode at any minute. But, again, this is such a better blue line in front of him here that I think he's set up for better success. I just do. I think he's set up for better success with the fact that this is as good a team defensively as he's been on in his NHL career. It's not even close. This is the best defensive team he's been on uh, in, his, in his NHL career. As far as props go, uh, I've mentioned Faust repeatedly. Is He's not uh, chipping in yet, but I wouldn't totally shy away from that still. Uh, Marty Natchez has been on fire for the uh, Hurricanes, no question about that. Uh, but there's definitely still some decent options here as far as uh, props on the uh, Carolina side here. Uh, for Buffalo, I would stick mostly, you know, quite honestly to, you know, Skinner against his old team, mm-hmm. Jeff Skinner. I think you've got to consider it. You know, I think he and I think he's definitely someone that is going to want to make an impact here. Paterka talked about him. He's been very solid as well. Those are the two I would really focus on for Buffalo in this game for props. All right. Next up, uh, we've got uh, Arizona and Winnipeg. Uh, we've got the uh, Winnipeg Jets here, obviously a very uh, sizable uh, favorite here in this game, uh, around minus uh, 230, uh, 5.5 the total in this game. You know, you look at this Jets team, and you know that obviously offense has been a little bit harder to come by for them lately, uh, but their defensive play has been pretty damn good uh, most of the season. There's no question about that. This has that making, though, of a spot where, look, it's the Arizona Coyotes. It's a team that, you know, is not very good right now, obviously. Uh, This is now a double-digit losing streak for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Um, You know, you just might see Winnipeg not at the uh, tip-top shape in this game as far as defensive play is concerned. And this Arizona team is an absolute mess defensively, a mess. You know, this is a team that just can't keep the puck out of their own net. Uh, you look at what they've done lately. They've given up six to Toronto, six to Edmonton, four to Colorado, five to Carolina, three to Minnesota, five to Philly, five to Nashville. I mean, they have given up four goals or more, this uh, Coyotes team, in six of their last seven games. So they are not keeping the puck out of their own net right now, uh, and that's not what you want to see. Looks like for goaltending in this game, it will be Connor Hellebuck for Winnipeg, and it will be Connor Ingram uh, for Arizona. Uh, this is a guy that obviously the last uh, we haven't seen him 
uh, plays since uh, February 14th, 11 days ago. He's been dealing with a bit of a lower body injury, but he's good. And back in the crease, they sent Matt Belalta back down to the minors. So it's Ingram back in between the pipes. But we do have to point out with Ingram, you know, he has struggled more lately too because this team defensively has struggled in front of him big time. Like uh, Ingram's given up in his last uh, five starts, five appearances, 6, 9, 12, 17, 19 goals in his last five appearances allowed by uh, Connor Ingram. So I'm going to go here with this. I'm going to go with an over trifecta at a cheap price. I really am here in this game. I've been rolling with this for Arizona for game in, game out repeatedly. And because it's Winnipeg involved, and because the win the total is only five and a half, we're getting a cheap price here with all these bets. We're getting minus 108 with the first period over. We're getting like plus 190 or so with both teams to score in the first period. You know, and we're also getting over five and a half at, you know, minus 115, minus 120. This bet has been a gem for Arizona lately as far as uh, them giving up goals early and often. So, yes, uh, don't bet many overs lately with the Jets. But we've been riding them like crazy with Arizona, and we're getting them all cheap. And I and, and actually, to be truthful about Winnipeg, suddenly their last few games, three of their last four games have gone over, and their offense, which was really struggling, has suddenly scored 4, 7, 13, 16 goals in the last four games combined. So the offense has started to get rolling again for the Jets. So cheap prices here for the over trifecta. This is the, this is the over trifecta bargain bin in my opinion, for the Sunday card. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Coyotes, Jets. Yeah, it's where those combinations uh, that some of these books offer can be your friend here. I like Jets to win and over five and a half goals plus 145, along with the over trifecta there as well. Uh, Jets have absolutely dominated uh, Arizona in, in this series going back many upon many a year. So uh, definitely liking the Jets to get a, a victory here, but I like goals as well. Uh, against Ingram, like I said, first game back after dealing with the injury, he could be a little bit rusty. So give me first period over, first period both teams to score, full game over, and the parlay of Jets to win with over five and a half. That's plus 145. I got that at BetMGM. All right, I like that. That's not something that um, we go to often uh, on this show, but I like it there from uh, Alex with the uh, the look there toward uh, first pe- uh, the Jets and over five and a half combo bet. Uh, for him in this matchup here between the uh, Coyotes and the Jets. Oh, and I didn't even mention, Alex, three straight head-to-head meetings have gone over the total mm-hmm. with the Coyotes and the Jets uh, as well. So, like I said, we don't get this often. You're getting these cheap prices on these over first period, for both teams to score first period, and the full game over five and a half because it's Winnipeg. This is where Winnipeg's totals have often been. Uh, but this is not where Arizona should be priced from a total standpoint right now, not with the way they're defending or not not defending. Uh, right now at this point in time. Uh, so, yeah, Velarde, Monaghan, uh, Ehlers is starting to heat up. Maybe you look at props for Nick Ehlers right now for the Jets as well. Uh, those would be some uh, bets I'd be looking at here. All right, Alex, the floor is going to be yours here because we want to get your thoughts on this. It's Detroit and Chicago. It's obviously Chris Chelios night. The number seven uh, jersey will be retired uh, to the rafters of the United Center. Uh, we've got Detroit minus 170 uh, road favorites. Uh, the total in this game sitting at uh, six pretty much across the board. Um, I'm with you 100% that, uh, you know, there's a number seven for the Chicago Blackhawks that made more of an impact, that won more, that was more loyal to the franchise. Uh, and that is Mr. Brent Seabrook, who is part of those great Stanley Cup winning teams. Uh, you can make a ar- damn good argument. His number seven should be retired over Chelios's. Floor is yours. Uh, what do you think of this quote unquote special day for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks and Chris Chelios? 
Yeah, well, you know, this was announced about maybe what this was. I think it was right around right before the season started. There was a Pearl Jam came to the United Center, and they bring out Chris Chelios, which not shocking. They're all good friends, Eddie Vedder and, and Chelios, and those guys at Chicago Connections. And that's when they announced it and unveiled that Chris Chelios' number seven is going to be retired and retired solely. Now, there's some reasons logistically why Britt Seabrook is not also being part of this retirement ceremony. He is still under contract by the Tampa Bay Lightning as part of that whole uh, IR salary dump that the Hawks had a few years ago. And he's you know retired, and I think he's coaching somewhere in British Columbia at the moment. Uh, so by right and by rule, you could not retire his number seven right now. That being said, the fact that the Hawks did not even you know, give uh, credence to saying, hey, we already did this literally with a pair of defensemen who shared a number, number three, Keith Magnuson and Pierre Pilat. I was at that ceremony. I have those two banners hanging in my room back in Chicago. You could have easily waited a couple more years and retired Chelios and Seabrook together because they both did have their separate legacies. Or you could have just done the right thing and called the guy who brought you three Stanley Cup championships, not to mention having one of the biggest moments of his career, one of the biggest moments in Blackhawks history happening in 2013 when the Hawks came back from down 3-1 in a playoff series against these Detroit Red Wings, the rivalry Detroit Red Wings, forcing game seven, taking the game to overtime, and Brent Seabrook netting the game winner, which knocked the Red Wings out of the playoffs and essentially out of the Western Conference as they ended up going to the East the year after that. You could just do that. You could just celebrate the guy who brought you something instead of the guy who, oh, all his championships came out of the city. All his championships came when he got traded to Detroit after the whole back-and-forth debacle with him and Wurtz him not wanting to re-sign here, uh, so they flip him around, and then he stays in Detroit, and he becomes a legacy Red Wing, and his number 24 is going to be hanging up uh, in Little Caesars Arena, and he, you know, the ambassador for the Red Wings, and then all of a sudden now he wants to come home and be the ambassador for the Hawks again. And you, you flip-flop, though, go back and forth. I, I'm not a fan of this at all. Uh, I, I'll never be a Chris Chelios fan ever again. I, I wore his jersey once when I was a kid, and when he got traded, I never wore that jersey again. As far as I'm concerned, the only number seven that matters as far as the Chicago Blackhawks is concerned, it's Brent Seabrook. He's the guy who actually brought home brought home the bacon and played his entire career with the Blackhawks, mind you. And uh, it, it's awful. When you add in more salt and, and, and any other kind of irritant you can think of to the wound, Sir Patrick Kane comes back home. The building that he refurbished after Michael Jordan built, by the way, his airness will also be in the building. Uh, he will be in attendance playing for the Detroit Red Wings, wearing that fucking winged wheel in his chest. It, it, it's sickening. I won't watch a single second of any of this. I'm not watching the ceremony. I'm not watching the game. I will have bets on this. I'll find out about them later. Uh, I even have a player prop that I like I'll be talking about a little bit later on. Uh, I like the draw here in this contest. I do think this is a close game. You got James Reimer going in net. Uh, and, and thankfully, it's Peter Morazic. So the Hawks are going to actually have a, a semblance of a chance to win this contest because, my goodness, had this been Arvid Soderblom, then, you know, you could just might as well. I don't know. Anyway, let me just calm down a little bit because I can feel my blood pressure rising. I like the draw here. I like a player prop here. I would look, take a little lean at both teams to score in the first period. Because of the ceremony, it's going to be like, I think, 90 minutes or something like that. They will just be kind of carrying on like a regular game setup. It won't be something that draws on into the actual start time. Game will be starting uh, around 5.15. So first period, both teams to score and the draw and a player prop that I'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah, uh, so well said. Like I said, I just think Seabrook's the more Seabrook is just the more impactful Blackhawk, in my opinion. He just he won more. Uh, he was there longer. He was there his whole career. 
you know, and uh, I, I, it's just, and this is, uh, if you wipe out uh, Seabrook's distance in those Stanley Cup wins, yeah, Chelios for sure, 100%, make all the case in the world for him getting that seven retired, but I don't know, I think of seven as Seabrook, like you, uh, I do, and this is, again, he's had, look, Chelios a terrific career, no question, great defenseman in his career, no question about that, but we're talking about the uh, absolute, uh, you know, impact he made uh, here on the team. And I think when you look at it from a uh, Chicago standpoint, he definitely uh, made that impact Seabrook a little bit more, in my opinion, than Chelios did. But anyway, on the game itself, Detroit minus 170 road favorites, uh, six the total uh, in the Yeah, I think Ian's connection just dropped out. It was acting weird. I thought it was my internet. But Ian, um, back? Sorry about that. I'm back. Yeah, the uh, connection's going in and out. We're having internet problems here. I apologize right now. Uh, we'll see if uh, we can uh, get this uh, ironed out. But uh, I don't normally have not had internet issues in a very long time. So let's hope this is just, uh, you know, a, a one-time thing here. But uh, all right, let me just see here. Okay, there we go. I think we're back. Yeah, draw uh, for me. Uh, I like the draw here uh, in this uh, game here, Red Wings and uh, Blackhawks. Uh, it is, yeah, it's, it is windy here, Sam. Maybe that's affecting it, but weather's not supposed to affect the fucking connection when you have, you know, no, uh, cable set up. Satellite, yes, but uh, <laughs> that's the way it is. That's all I have cable for is internet. You know, I don't use TV for cable. I don't have cable for TV. TV, I've got my own special little you-know-what for uh, getting all the uh, sports I want. But, yeah, nevertheless, um, in this one, I like the draw. I kind of lean, actually, Blackhawks, but I, I like the way the Detroit Red Wings are playing right now. I don't want to step in front of them. For me, just the draw. And as far as uh, the um, the um, props, I mean, Patrick Kane against his old team in Chicago. I mean, this is this is on the verge of me loading up more than normal on a prop with Patrick Kane. First of all, his form is off the charts right now. He's red hot. He's a goal prop, an assist prop. I'd go over one and a half points on Patrick Kane today. I would really take all three of those. Hell, I maybe even sprinkle on two goals or more like we did with Austin Matthews the other night uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs against Arizona. So uh, anything you can find as far as Pat Kane props, uh, I'm on board with that uh, here in this game uh, this afternoon, against, or tonight rather, against uh, his old team, the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So yeah, definitely Patrick Kane uh, to brink it as well. How can you not? Another former Blackhawk going back there. Uh, those two in particular, uh, if, if absolutely going to be wanting to play well here back in Chi-Town on a special night like this. Uh, so to bring it, the cat and Pat and the cat, that's what I got to start calling them. Pat and the cat, uh, Kane and uh, to it certainly, uh, I think are great, great situational player prop bets tonight for the uh, Detroit Red Wings in this game. Throw in maybe a little, you know, David Perron as well, who I know in the past has had some success against the Blackhawks. So good uh, looks there as far as props uh, for Chicago. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, I think if you're Connor Bedard, number 98, you're amped up to be have a big game. You know, this is a, a special night for some more than others, as Alex just mentioned. Uh, but, uh, you know, for Connor Bedard, um, you know, I think this is a spot where you see him elevate his game. You know, he had that three-game point streak when he first came back. He's had two games in a row without a point. I think he ramps it up tonight for uh, Detroit or for Chicago against the Detroit Red Wings in a game of this magnitude. So any Bedard props I could make. 
uh, a case for as well uh, in this uh, matchup tonight. Uh, like I say, and he's probably going to be in that mode where he's going to be the straw that stirs the drink. And I'll throw one out there because he's streaky. And all of a sudden, here he is with goals in consecutive games again. Colin Blackwell here for Chicago, our old friend. And all of a sudden, he scored yeah. in back-to-back games for Chicago. So maybe a little Colin Blackwell piece uh, as well uh, in this game. And you can find him, again, consecutive games. And he is plus, still a very good price, 750 at BetMGM for uh, – Colin Blackwell tonight for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So guy that scored in two straight games, second line tonight, it looks like once again with uh, Dickinson and Joey Anderson. So uh, why not a little shot on uh, Colin Blackwell once again for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks tonight as well. Uh, anything else you wanted to add, Alex, or no? Um, No, that, that's about it. Like I said, I got, I got a, it's, it's a, it's a player. It's a parlay on a player prop that I have for my uh, bargain bin tonight involving this game. The, this is a good SGP game. You can just do the, the the bare bones. You don't have to go like goal or two goals or anything. Just keep it simple. You know, you'll still get a good plus price. Kane point, Debrinket point, Bedard point. If you put those three together in a point parlay, same game, you'll get a nice little price. And I think that's a that's a hell of a bet, in my opinion, for this game. That's a great bet in this game. I think there's a great chance we see. Yeah, you could be a little more adventurous and go goal prop parlay too. Bedard, Kane, and Debrinket, but just keep it simple. Point parlay. Kane, Debrinket, Bedard. I think that's got a great chance to cash in here uh, with this Red Wings and Blackhawks game tonight. You still get plus money on it, uh, and I think it's definitely going to be uh, worth a look here uh, in this uh, matchup with the uh, Red Wings and the uh, Blackhawks. I think with all the intangibles involved, you know, with Kane going back to Chicago, it's made this game definitely more appealing than maybe it otherwise would be. Uh, no question about that, and to brink it for that matter. All right, final game of this Sunday card. It's the Nashville Predators and the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, we've got Nashville, uh, minus 160 road favorites. Uh, six the total here, shaded to the over uh, in this game. Uh, you look at Nashville, nice 4-2 win for them last night against the uh, San Jose Sharks. I shouldn't say nice as in, wow, very impressive, but they did what they should have done. They did what they had to do. They beat the San Jose Sharks as they try to keep their uh, playoff push alive uh, in the uh, Western Conference. We'll see who's in net, but you would think because we saw Soros for Nashville last night and we saw Gibson for Anaheim last night that we should see the opposite today. We'll probably see Kevin Lankinen uh, for the Nashville Predators, and we'll probably see Lucas Dostal uh, in net for the uh, Anaheim Ducks tonight uh, here in this game. Back-to-back for the uh, Nashville Predators, but they're playing well right now. They have not lost since that absolute horror show of a game that they played at home against the Dallas Stars. Since then, they are unbeaten. Uh, four straight wins all on the road against the Blues, Golden Knights, Kings, and Sharks. This is the final game of this five-game road trip. And then they head back home to take on the Ottawa Senators. I'm telling you right now, Alex, that's Tuesday night during our betcast, Ottawa at Nashville. Ottawa's shaping up to be a huge bet for me. Mm-hmm. Not huge, yeah. but it's it's definitely one of those spots where they're red hot, they're rolling, they've got great confidence going, and they're going to catch Nashville back home after this road trip, and especially if they beat Anaheim tonight too. You know, that's a great spot on Ottawa Tuesday Agreed. night. Looking Agreed. Ahead. I've had that circle too. Nights. Yeah, yep, 100%. Malinsky special, five-game road trip coming back home, and Ottawa's form right now, which is – uh, rolling. They are the Senators at the moment. So, uh, yeah, we're both thinking that way on Tuesday. But for now, uh, this game, I don't know. I mean, I look at it, uh, you know, I certainly don't want to go against Nashville here. Um, but do I trust Anaheim enough? I'm not so sure. 
Uh, we'll see who's in that. I do want to mention here, too, with these uh, two teams going head-to-head, I've actually seen goals uh, more often than not, especially in Anaheim. Three straight meetings at Honda Center over the total with scores of 6-3 Nashville, 6-1 Anaheim, 5-4 Anaheim uh, in those games. I mean, for me, this can be, I don't know what I'm going to do yet with this game. I'll, I'll get involved in some fashion, probably a little bit on the Preds team total over again, probably even a little bit on the, uh, uh, definitely over six minus 125. I do like that uh, here in this game, Predators and Ducks, because Ducks are really, you know, struggling defensively the last few games. Last night aside, they actually should have given up more than three goals. I mean, they gave up almost 50 shots. You know, it's not like it was a great defensive game. Gibson bailed their ass out last night against Los Angeles. So uh, for me, I look at this game here tonight. I definitely like over six, maybe a little sprinkle on uh, the uh, Nashville team total over once again here in this matchup as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Predators, Ducks. I like the over trifecta in this. I like uh, both teams to score first period, first period over and full game over. Those are the only, only things I like. You said, this, you know, Nashville is a tricky spot being the, the end of the road trip. They should be able to put the screws to Anaheim, but like I said, they, you know, let, uh, San Jose kind of hang around last night and thankfully for us we got that uh, team total over three and a half with uh, the empty net goal <laughs> empty net goals have been hard to come back for us when we need them but uh, that was one we got and so uh, love to see that but uh, Anaheim you know it's, it's hard to see them at plus 140 right this just seems so damn bad it's like oh okay we should be going the other way but I don't want anything to do with side I like totals here first period over first period both teams to score and full game over with six yeah, you know what? I'm starting to see it here with the uh, recent uh, Nashville uh, form. Uh, and uh, I know last night the uh, game against uh, San Jose was a one-goal first period, but doesn't mean that's going to be that way. I could see the over trifecta here. I like the full game over a little more than the early stuff in this game in particular, but I could see it getting there still uh, with the uh, first period over both teams to score. It was 3 nothing Anaheim. It's funny, Anaheim's won in Nashville each of their last two trips to Music City, but Nashville's owned Anaheim here in Anaheim at the Honda Center. So it's it's interesting dynamic here, how it's uh, played out. Uh, Nashville's them, so. record just in, in in the state of California is outrageous. I mean, we talk about how they dominated the LA Kings. He said they've had a great record against Anaheim, and I think even with San Jose, they've, they've done fairly well. They're one of the probably better teams in the National Hockey League making that uh, three-city tour of California where some other teams have struggled historically over the years. And by the way, two of the last three, two of the last three meetings in Anaheim with the Predators versus the Ducks have cashed both the first period, both teams to score and the first period over. All three of them have gone full game over uh, the last three head to head meetings in Anaheim. All three of them have gone full game over, but two of the three have cashed first period over and first period, both teams to score. But they're all worth a look. I just gravitate in this game a little more to the full game. Uh, which is uh, over six minus 125 with the Predators and the Ducks. All right, great stuff. That is the Sunday slate. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Over 260 live viewers on a Sunday. We love to see it. A great, great uh, job by all of you joining us on this Sunday show. And a reminder, make sure you sign up at patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. We're going to have two Patreon exclusive live betcasts in March. Uh, we're going to have probably three overall. Two of them will be Patreon, and we'll have the one free-for-all BetCast in March. So a little bit slower schedule for uh, BetCasts in the uh, month of March because of the NCAA tournament uh, going on. So patreon.com slash iceguys. Our daily sides, totals, and player props are posted there. 
goalie charts, totals charts, uh, bonus video content, Patreon-exclusive live betcasts, and more. Our Player Suite interview series is going to return in the offseason. Uh, we're definitely looking forward to that as well. That's only available to Patreon members as well. So sign up if you haven't done so already. And a reminder, the $10 per month goes a long way to keeping this show going for the long term. Patreon.com slash guys. just $10 per month. Go sign up now. And again, our live betcast coming up on Tuesday night, February 27th, 7 p.m. Eastern. We're looking forward to it. There's a free-for-all public betcast uh, available to everyone. Uh, we're looking forward to it. It's a great card. We got what Vegas, Toronto, good game. Carolina, Minnesota, good game. Uh, L.A. Calgary, huge game in the playoff race in the West. Uh, Dallas, Colorado, the game of the night. Pittsburgh, Vancouver's got intrigue. Crosby going out to the West Coast. Uh, so it is a really good card Tuesday night. Make sure you join us for our Ice Guys live betcast Tuesday night. Uh, just two days away, 7 p.m. Eastern time, DM or email me or Alex for a spot on the BetCast, and we will send you the link for the BetCast before it begins. And last but not least, check out the store. Get your gear and your merch at the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, absolutely. And you got five days left to save 20% off everything in the store. So just go to visit iceguys.myspreadshop.com, click on the Redeem button at the top of the page, add whatever you want into your cart and shop away. Uh, we got everything in stock right now, so don't miss it. Five days left, 20% off right now at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, make sure you check it out. All right, we will be right back with Bargain Bin Special of the Night and Best Bets to wrap up the Sunday show right after we hear from our great sponsors, Boston Hemp. <laughs> All right, Boston and Pink, make sure you check them out and check out the great products on the site. And a reminder, uh, for all orders, you can save 20% by using the promo code ICEGUYS over at bostonhempinc.com. All right, it is time for our bargain bin special of the night. Uh, missed it with Amadio yesterday for me, uh, but that's okay. We still had Pospisil, one of our other plays, cashed in. We had a couple others as well. Uh, that came through, which was good to see. Hell, Nick Cousins mentioned him on the show for Florida. Yeah. Second line, he scored uh, one of the goals for the Panthers yesterday. So still cashed a couple, even though we missed the bargain bin special. See if we can find another bargain bin special winner tonight. Alex, we'll start with you. Bargain bin special, what do you got? Yeah, 1901 West Madison, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we're heading there for the Blackhawks Red Wings game. And like I said, mentioned, this is a good game for same game parlays and Obviously, the two players that will be noticed the most on the ice will be 88 and 98. That would be Sir Patrick Kane for the other team and Connor Bedard for the Chicago Blackhawks. Give me both of them to score goals. I got that parlay plus 575 at Bet Online. So that is Sir Patrick Kane and Connor Bedard, each to get a goal tonight as the Hawks take on the Red Wings. All right, there we go. Hawks and Red Wings. Uh, nice little same-game parlay at a nice bargain bin price uh, for Alex B. Smith for this Sunday. Uh, my bargain bin special uh, of the night. Again, there's some uh, pretty good uh, 
pretty good choices here, pretty good uh, candidates uh, across the board as far as the uh, bargain bin for uh, this uh, slate tonight. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, I think what I'm going to roll with here is um, I'm just trying to determine here last uh, couple of choices here, which one I might roll with. But uh, I think I'm going to go to Blackwell. I'm going to go for the gusto with Colin Blackwell, Chicago Blackhawks. I think at home they, they're up for this game. I think they play up to Detroit tonight on this special night. He scored in back-to-back games. It's plus 750, which is just a huge price at BetMGM. Let's go with that. Colin Blackwell, Chicago, plus 750 uh, for my bargain bin special of the night for this Sunday slate. All right, best bets. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, let's go to uh, Arizona and Winnipeg. Like I said, it's a cheap price for that first period over. One and a half, you get minus $1.06 at FanDuel. Uh, this definitely seems like a spot with, you know, Connor Ingram coming back. He's had a great season, but we saw him kind of, you know, falling and regressing a little bit before he dealt with the injury. Now he's coming back uh, against the Jets team that's been kind of rolling. They played uh, Arizona very well over the years. So I expect some goals early here. Give me Winnipeg, Arizona, first period over one and a half, minus $1.06. That is my Sunday best bet. All right, there it is. Arizona, Winnipeg, over one and a half. And again, you can get less than minus 110 with that uh, because of the full game total only being five and a half. And again, yes, it's Winnipeg involved, and they've been a defensive team much of the year, but they're starting to score a bit now, and Arizona has not been keeping the puck out of the net for weeks now. So looks cheap to me. Uh, Arizona, Winnipeg, over one and a half, first period, best bet for Alex B. Smith. My best bet. I'm going to that Nashville-Anaheim game, over 6, minus 125. I like it. Uh, last three meetings at Honda Center in the Duck Pond have gone over the total, and I think we see more of the same here tonight with the uh, Predators and the Ducks. I think the last time Anaheim was at home was the Columbus game, and it was 7-4. to four. It was a crazy, wild, high-scoring affair. I think we see something at least a little bit similar tonight with the Predators and the Ducks. So Nashville-Anaheim, over 6, minus 125. Uh, for my best bet for this Sunday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. We've got our old friend Ray Bryce back on the show joining us tomorrow, and he's going to talk about a new little business venture he's got going on. Uh, So that'll be fun to catch up with him tomorrow on the Monday show. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of The Ice Guys. (laughs) 